I'm always habitually astounded by the interest people show in the Arizona Coyote situation. I'm just stunned. The Coyote's sending out a statement Wednesday night. We have already launched an investigation to determine how this could have happened. But it appears to be the result of an unfortunate human error. Could this actually happen with a pro team? Yes, it could. Yes, they could be that stupid. Or they could think that you're that stupid. This is human error. What do you mean? This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Howdy-do, everybody. Welcome to uh, Daytime Sports Talk. We are on the air on the Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube, and uh, 24-7 Listen Live Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Boy, uh, the people are into it already. Welcome to your favorite uh, Daytime Sports Talk show. Phone smoking here. Just before we went to air, I I got the poll tweeted. And although it is a... Although it is a... Flame Tech Football Friday. It's a hockey question today. Just just under the wire, Clark and I were going over what should we tweet today. And I, I always like to uh, do the Jedi mind trick on you. And although it's Football Friday, I'm like, let's go with a hockey question. So right out of the gate, the Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question is this. Do the Edmonton Oilers need a shakeup? And right out of the gate. Have we even been on the air a minute? 75% of respondents say no, the Edmonton Oilers do not need a shakeup despite their fourth consecutive loss on Thursday night. So uh, while we broadcast from gorgeous South Florida, let's bring in the other half of the show, the lovely and talented Ted Lasso lookalike. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle in the bunker and ta-da! How about that? <laughs> when did oh, you do no. that? <laughs> Last night. Last what? night. Yeah. I already had a Zoom call with you this morning. I didn't even notice. Were you wearing glasses and a mustache disguise? <laughs> no, I wasn't, but I did it last night. It's funny. Uh, yeah, so I just, I just, I decided, you know what? I was trimming it up last night, and I didn't like the way I trimmed it up. I'm like, you know what? You just did it. Well, so here we are. Good to see you. You Thank look you. very mature. There's something, there's something different about you. You look lighter. How heavy was that mustache? I know, right? It was about three pounds. <laughs> um, hey, listen, it is a Flame Tech Football Friday coming up on the program today. Eddie Steele of Sportsnet's CFL coverage, our longtime friend, Great Cup champion. He'll be with us in hour one, in hour two, because Moose has to adjourn for a very important meeting. We'll be joined from, by the sports doctor from Winnipeg. He can always talk. Uh, Jets, Blue Bombers, and Vikings because he is a season ticket holder of the uh, the Purple. And James Duffy will be with us as well. He is the host of TSN's Great Cup coverage, and you've been watching him hosting the panel from the West Division playoff games the last couple of weeks. Uh, and let's not belabor it any longer. Let's jump into the uh, quick six show topics, please. If you don't mind, Director Jordan, it's a, it's a hot, hot topic. And, of course, because it is a Flame Tech football Friday, the balance of the show is going to be Football, obviously, but I got some hockey topics I want to get to. James Duffy is also the host of the NHL Insider Trading and all the rest. So we'll get into some hockey with Duffy. But I notice Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, Nelson Hakowicz writing in, and he says the CFL State of the League had great promise today. The partnership and potential with Genius Sports is huge. The fact the CFL restricted itself and started a venture group shows that work has been done. That is like mumbo-jumbo and gibberish to a lot of our viewers, what Nelson just said. 
And I'm, so that's my first point. I'm going to spend a m- just very brief topic, a uh, minute on this topic, which is the CFL State of the League address at Grey Cup this morning. Then I'll move on to hockey. And then we'll come back in the second segment, Darren, and spend more time on what the commissioner had to say. Yeah. I'm glad that Nelson was very excited about the Canadian Football League's new partnership with Genius Sports. From what I could tell, I'd never heard of it until this morning. It's some sort of content delivery platform. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm glad that Nelson's excited because I did not watch the State of the Union this morning. I had another meeting that I was attending uh, here in Florida. And so I followed Arash Madani's Twitter feed. And if you're looking for positivity with regards to the CFL, don't follow Arash's Twitter feed because I, I feel like what Nelson was watching and what Arash were watching was two completely different things. Because following what Arash was tweeting out of that Commissioner's State of the Union address was a whole lot of nothing other than saying we've fixed the business model, we're open to change. Ambrosi met with the fans apparently afterwards and said, ah, hey, we'd love to have a video game, but it's not a priority right now, which is what we hear every year. I don't hear much different coming out of what the Ambrosi said this morning other than we're open to change, which they have said for quite some time, and also that we've fixed the business model. So... That was my take on that. I, I didn't I didn't come away with the positivity that Nelson did. Moving on to point two, okay. The NHL's Board of Governors meetings are here in South Florida, and the NHL announced on Thursday an enhanced training program for employees at its Board of Governors meetings after an investigation uncovered disturbing details of sexual abuse endured by Chicago Blackhawks prospect Kyle Beach more than a decade ago. Commissioner Gary Bettman said the board will discuss the Olympics and the Arizona Coyotes' outstanding debts with the city of Glendale today at the meetings in Malapalan? It's not where I am. They normally meet here. They're not. They're 23K south. I looked that up, Moose, where they're at. Um, This Arizona Coyotes' outstanding debt situation seems to be an evolving story because by late Thursday, the owners wrote a check to the city of Glendale, and then we found out that they owe money in other places around the Valley of Arizona. So they're discussing that today, and boy, would I love to be a fly on the wall of that meeting, the NHL's Board of Governors. How are we going to handle this Arizona situation? My, I think they should jersey the owner. Smart up. <laughs> Pay your bills. That's what I think. That, that's the old-fashioned way, but I don't know that they do that anymore. And the board voted unanimously to approve Fenway Sports Group's purchase of a controlling interest in the Pittsburgh Penguins. So out of all those notes out of the NHL Board of Governors, and before I move on to Thursday night's NHL highlights, highlight games, do you have anything that you'd like to add, Moose? Do the owners have their own mafia, you know, a back alley somewhere with the club, and it's probably raining, you know, um, where they can can take, you know, owners that are misbehaving and feed them a little beating and get them straightened out. Um, We'll see. It's the way they used to handle it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this comes out. With, with the Coyotes situation, because that's kind of imminent if they're talking about December 20th as a deadline. Um, we will find out more about that. The Olympics is interesting, too. Will they send the players over, um, you know, amidst, you know, varying concerns and that type of thing with COVID and, and whatever else? That'll be kind of interesting to see if that comes down. The, the policy on the, on the harassment, the 90-minute training Video, I believe, that they're working with uh, Sheldon Kennedy's team to put together. I think that's really awesome. I think that's good. You know, I, I've seen the social media comments scoffing at it, being like, this is going to be nothing more than, you know, a training video at McDonald's. You think they're actually paying attention, those 17-year-old kids, before they run the fryer? Probably not, you know. But 
it's a good step and it's a start and it's it's everything you need to do. You need to address it and put some actual policy in place. Words aren't enough. So I think that's all really, really, really good stuff. Uh, for sure. But as a guy that works in that industry, uh, and I'm talking about the recovery industry, uh, it's from the NHL side. Hey, we'll put out the training video. Whether you pay attention or not is on you, but we've yeah. done our part. That's kind of what it comes down to, right? Yeah. If they didn't pay attention to the training video that we put them in front of, that's their problem, not ours. We're covered. That's what I take out of that. Yeah. The games, point three, Marc-Andre Fleury has joined some elite goaltending company. He turned aside 27 shots for his 500th career win as the visiting Chicago Blackhawks posted a 2-0 victory in Montreal. Only Marty Brodeur and Patrick Waugh have reached that milestone. Interesting, all three goalies are from Quebec. The Calgary Flames lead atop the Pacific Division is down to a single point after a 2-1 overtime loss to Carolina, coupled with Anaheim's 2-1 win over Columbus. Sebastian Ajo scored both goals for the Hurricanes. By the way, who said that the Ducks were going to be something? This guy. And it's interesting because Jeff Kozak, good friend of mine, I was surfing Facebook this morning. He says, uh, note to self and to all who needs to hear it, don't go into the saddle dome and cheer for Carolina. And I'm thinking, come on, Jeff, you're smarter than that. Don't go into any venue and cheer for the other team. Come on, you're just asking for problems. And here's my question to the viewers here right now, because we are the most interactive sports talk show in the world. That's a fact. What is your experience with going into the opposition venue? And obviously, I've got a million professionally going in with my, te my teams to work, but going in as a fan, when I was a Dallas Stars fan, when my dad was working for them for 26 years, I was a staunch Dallas Stars fan. Staunch. I had every jersey. I went to their games in the Bermuda Triangle when they were the road team. And one night in Edmonton, uh, we, of course, Stars were good. Oilers weren't. Right? So the yeah. Stars are winning, and I'm standing up in Rexall. And people are like, ah, sit down, you loser. But nobody really, nobody really threw anything at me or was that rude. But then I was with my good friend Chris Winkler in between periods, and I was still drinking back then, and I spilled beer down myself, all over my jersey, underneath. And some water fans just walked by, and they said, serve you right. I think somebody might have bumped me. That's what I think happened, Darren. I can't yeah. remember. It was foggy that night. <laughs> but, um, but I knew going into Edmonton wearing a Stars jersey that I would be like a fish swimming upstream, and I relished it. Yeah, You know, I, I still kind of do in some regards. Not as much as I used to, but do you have an incident where you went in cheering for the road team and of course. got a hostile welcome? Where? Um, well, I always would make the trip to Edmonton um, as a Leaf fan. So I've done that for, you know, two or three years now. I haven't done the last, obviously, the pandemic, but um, that's been my experience. And that's pretty heated because that Edmonton-Toronto thing is really heated. Toronto's kind of, you know, always been we talked about the networks having lots of Leafs coverage and all of this, but then the Oilers have been good with McDavid and whatnot. So, but when I go into opposition rinks, I'm not the guy who wears the Jersey and the hat and the scarf and the foam finger as an opposition. I'll go really subtle when I'm going into a visiting building. If I was going into, you know, um, Scotiabank arena, I'd, I'd wear the Jersey, but I'd wear maybe, you know, a, a, a sweater with the with the one logo, or I just wear a hat. I, I kind of keep it subtle and simple. I still cheer for the team, have a good time, and I've had no issues. It's been an, it's been fun. Well, and I see from our uh, viewers, they've got some comments. Randolph in Ontario says, "How about cheering for the visiting team in your own home stadium?" 
don't know why you would do that. That's giving me a headache. I don't understand. I don't know why you would do that. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says going into a visiting stadium is never a problem unless you are asking for it, at least in Canada. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I want to hear. Like, why would you cheer for the visiting team in your own stadium? I, I guess that it, it happens. I would like to hear from those people. I would guess that would be something along the lines of if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan living in Edmonton. So you go into Edmonton. That's where you live. But as a Montreal Canadiens fan, your stadium would be the Bell Center, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just weird. I mean, I know of Calgary Stampeders fans that live in the sweatpants capital and have gone to Calgary at Saskatchewan games and gotten a rude welcome. Some have gotten beaten up in the bathroom. But I've often said, don't wear a red jersey in here. Well, what are, you, what, what are you thinking? That's just dumb. You're asking for it if you do that. I was asking for it in Edmonton, but I knew that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You get what you get. Um, Janice, watching on YouTube, says, I'm a Stamps fan who holds Elks season tickets. I wear red and white to every game and cheer for the Stamps when they're in town. I'm prepared. Friendly taunts and be respective. Edmonton, I've I've often found they are a very welcoming community sports-wise. Even when I went in there with the Rough Riders working, I've, I've often said to you, Darren, how first class we were treated by the Eskimos, yeah. by the fans. That's an Edmonton thing. Um, where the heck is it? Uh, Carlos Legena watching in Indianapolis says, I've cheered for the away team a number of times. There was some moderate ribbing, but nothing I couldn't handle. And Jordan watching on YouTube regarding the orders uh, says the orders need to go and get Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury. Start with Broberg and go from there. That's the poll question today. Do the Edmonton Oilers need a shakeup? Last I looked, 25% of respondents on Twitter saying, no, they don't need a shakeup. And I don't think they need a shakeup either. I, I'm not a proponent of them needing a shakeup. But one thing I've noticed is the orders have lost four in a row. I follow a lot of Oilers fans on Twitter, and they're not even saying anything. I feel like they're they're so stunned and on pins and needles right now. They don't know what to say. That's yeah. the sense that I get. Yep. So there's that. So I've gone through Thursday. Listen, it's all going to be all football next segment, so I want to read this before we go to break. Elsewhere last night, Winnipeg Jets beat Seattle 3-0. If you've noticed, all is good in Jets land now. They're all happy in Manitoba today. Holy up and down like the toilet seat. And the Oilers, as I said, have lost four in a row after a 3-2 defeat to visiting Boston. And by the way, if they do need a shakeup, I'm saying, I mean, goaltending, clearly they don't think they need one. They just think they need Mike Smith to get healthy. Go get Jake DeBrusque if you need a shakeup. He wants out of Boston, which means the Bruins' leverage is down. Jake's an Edmonton kid. Bob's your uncle. And the other thing on the goaltending situation, by the way, they lost the goaltending battle last night. The Oilers fired 43 shots at the Boston net and couldn't win. Chris Jones. Chris, write this down, Moose, and all of you that want a little lesson in sports. Chris Jones said, when you're building a pro team, you want your players, the, the meat of the roster, to be in their mid to late 20s. Now, he said pro football, but I think it re- translates to any pro league. Do you know why he says mid to late 20s, Darren? Any idea? Why? Because old guys get hurt and young guys make stupid mistakes. Rookies and guys in their first year contracts, first contracts make dumb mistakes. The guys in their late 20s are, they don't get hurt. 
and they're smart enough. They've been through the rookie mistakes. So think about that for a second. Mike Smith is hurt, as is Duncan Keith. Selection camp for the Canadian junior men's hockey team open Thursday in Calgary, minus four players, including one who will not participate in the upcoming tournament. Defenseman Jack Thompson of the Sudbury Wolves was among 35 players initially invited to Calgary, but was uninvited by Hockey Canada because of COVID-19 protocols. University of Michigan forward Kent Johnson's arrival was delayed because of COVID-19 issues as well. He'll join the Canadian team for pre-competition camp next week in Banff. Hockey Canada needed both Thompson of Curtis, Ontario and Johnson of Fort Moody, B.C. to quarantine for 14 days before joining the team. Peterborough Pete's forward Mason McTavish and Charlottetown Islanders defenseman Lucas Cormier didn't skate Thursday. McTavish awaited the results of a COVID test and Cormier's flight to Calgary was delayed. Both players are expected on the ice today in Calgary. Canada opens the 10-country World Junior Men's Tournament in Edmonton and Red Deer on Boxing Day against the Czech Republic at Rogers Place. The medal games will also be played there on January 5th. This has been the warm-up. When we come back, NFL Thursday Nighter and loads and loads and loads of Grey Cup 108 talk. So stick around. We'll be right back. This has been the warm-up. You're watching the RP Show. Daytime sports talk on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.